the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As we head into hour two, I have a hard time figuring out the best way to introduce this uh, next guest, except to say you never know where your next hero citizen warrior is going to come from uh, or who is that person going to be. Haya Reitschik is the founder of Libs of TikTok, who for a couple of years now has done incredible yeoman's work in exposing what the left has been doing, what the radicals have been doing in our schools and in our culture, particularly when it comes to sexualizing and racializing our children. She uh, maintained a level of anonymity based on the pushback for a little bit until The Washington Post decided to out her. And uh, she had a piece in the New York Post a couple of days ago uh, as to why she is dropping her anonymity fresh off uh, an interview with Tucker Carlson. It's a great honor and pleasure to welcome to our airwaves, uh, Haya Reitschik. Hello, Haya, if I might. Welcome to the show. Hi, Scott. Thank you. Great you betcha. Uh, for those that are not familiar with Libs of TikTok and the work you have been doing for a couple of years now, would you mind just doing a little uh, brief autobiography as much as you want and uh, why you founded uh, t- Libs of TikTok and what its main purpose is? Yes, yeah, sure. So basically, I started noticing all of this really bizarre and dangerous content on TikTok. So I was like, you know, hey, let me just post this to Twitter and try to get as many eyeballs on it as possible to educate people about what was going on. And so I basically just take uh, videos, mainly videos from TikTok, but I post a lot of other content too. And I basically just expose a lot of the wokeness in our schools, um, in our other institutions, and just some uh, anything, basically anything crazy that I see that I feel like more people need to know about much of it if not most of it that you were putting out there was stuff that was self-recorded by a lot of these people uh who i guess at the time thought that uh there was nothing to hide from at least in in, within their circles they these were self-created videos of people weren't they yeah so it was it's mainly tiktok so people are willingly going onto tiktok and posting themselves uh, posting videos of themselves saying all kinds of things. And I'm just taking that video. I'm not editing it. I'm not editorializing. I'm putting barely any commentary, and I'm just posting it for more people to see. Which I think was the real service here and what upset them because, you know, uh, uh, what upset the, the, the people who made these videos, because I think most of America had no idea, particularly what I found interesting, were a lot of these teachers in the schools that were posting this, um, you know, and things so radical that in the light of day, most people were abhorred by them, but couldn't even believe that this was going on. Is that fair to say? Yes. So a lot of my content, you know, a few months into running the account, I started focusing really on the on the issue in our school system where there's teachers who are boasting and bragging on TikTok about all kinds of things. I mean, I posted a video about a teacher who who told her students to pledge allegiance to the pride flag. So 
these teachers are recording these videos of themselves saying all kinds of, of, of really scary things. Things like their things students are queer them. because the teacher is queer, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so they're... They're, they're bragging about confusing children uh, with gender ideology, and they're basically implicating themselves. And, you know, quite a few of them actually lost their jobs after after incriminating themselves with these horrendous videos. Well, ta- tell the audience a little bit about the story of the anonymity that The Washington Post took upon itself to expose to make you a target, because we're often told you know, that, you know, by exposing people who have already exposed themselves, by the way, they've already, these are videos they have made and distributed that we were making of them victims, but the Washington Post decided to do that to you, right? Yes. So I was, my account was anonymous. Uh, Let's just TikTok was anonymous, like most Twitter accounts, unless it's a, it's a known uh, person or official um, a public figure. So I was anonymous and then I decided to stay anonymous after seeing how my, the reaction to what I was doing. I mean, the last, the far last work, they, they just did not take it well at all. The let's let's put it bluntly. It, let me put it bluntly in a question to you. Have you been targeted with threats? Yeah. Okay. I got, I got dozens of, of threats a month. Okay. All right. I've had to involve law enforcement. So. Uh, so that is why. That is the, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. So I'm staying anonymous um, by simply reposting videos. It, it it really triggered something within them. Um, and you know, I, I was one of the most hated Twitter accounts. And and then Washington Post uh, took it upon themselves to share my name and my location. And that happened back in April. So uh, I was basically docked by. Uh, Washington Post. Um, and then just a couple weeks ago, I decided to reveal my face for the first time. And the person at the Washington Post, as long as we're being, uh, uh, you know, as long as we're talking about uh, all the facts here, it was a it's a it's a journalist over there named Taylor Lorenz. Am I pronouncing it? Is it Taylor Lorenz? Taylor Lorenz. I'm not sure. I mean, Taylor no, Lorenz is y- also known as Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay so, yeah. or Tay Lorenz. Uh, she yeah. decided to out you. Uh, she decided to blow uh, your um, your confidentiality. And it's an interesting thing when The Washington Post takes upon itself uh, their their ability, if not their 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 self-righteous uh, right to do so, because this is a paper that demands in almost everything they write that has to do with intelligence matters. They demand the ability to keep their sources confidential. Oh, interesting. So also, I, I actually didn't know that. So that's interesting. No, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Here. Anytime they have written anything on classified intelligence or national security or even stuff on Donald Trump during the Trump administration, it was always from classified intelligence sources or confidential sources that when we demand to know of them who they are so we can judge for ourselves, they hide behind the First Amendment and say, we as journalists have every right to keep our confidential sources. So they, they protect wow. themselves with a shield that they would not allow you to uh, avail yourself with. Right. And and Taylor herself also, uh, she has a history of doxing people and of being dishonest. I yep. mean, the amount of, of articles from Austin Post that they have to issue a correction, you know, where she was in the byline, but it's, it's really stacking up. <laughs> the... Um, I guess the time I got most 
I started paying most attention to Libs of TikTok, and I should mention that's a Twitter account, by the way, if people want to follow it, at Libs of TikTok, T-I-K-T-O-K, L-I-B-S-O-F-T-I-K-T-O-K. Uh, Hiya. Um, if, uh, the time I got most uh, interested in what you were doing over there had to do with the legislation Ron DeSantis was pushing in Florida. Uh, this is where it seemed to me the most interesting, or at least the most interesting to me, where you had these kindergarten and first grade and second grade teachers literally crying into their phones, into their TikTok accounts, if that's the right phrase, into their TikTok feeds, crying that they could no longer share stories about their sexual partner with their students. I mean, it was an incredible thing to see. It really was. That's when I started seeing most of what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, I I have been in touch with a few people from DeSantis' um, team, and they well, they told me that a big part of how they were able to push that legislation was because of the videos that they saw from my account. Yeah. So they said it really inspired them, and just that is, I mean, it, it makes the entire journey worth it, and it, it just makes it so fulfilling. Right, because if you're sitting from where I am, and maybe from where you were up until this point, if you're sitting from where I am and you're trying to explain the depredations on our children that is going on in the schools and what the teachers are doing to uh, sexualize and racialize our children, um, you know, people just have a hard time believing it. And then when you try and further explain that not only are they trying to do this as an ideological matter, they are really using the children the way I saw it. You can give me any feedback you have. They are using the children to kind of soothe and get, you know, their own, the teacher's own self-worth. You know, they're not there to give the children self-worth. They're using the children to substantiate their own self-worth. And, 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 and you can't explain that to people because it is so darn unbelievable until you actually see it and you see them doing it. And that was your big crime. You showed them doing it, correct? Exactly. Yes. And I 100% agree with that. I mean, there are so many videos of teachers explaining how they use their students for their own validation. That's and, it. That's and the word. In general, the whole the whole gender ideology thing that DeSantis' legislation was, was working on, you know, if you need to show proof to anyone, I have it. Go to my Twitter account. Yeah, you have you, you, you have you have a lot of it. Let me take a quick commercial break because yeah. I do want to talk to you about your thoughts on uh, on the integrity of children, the nurturing, the safekeeping of them, and this notion that we seem to think as adults now that we can use children for the soothing of our anxieties. I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that on the other side of this break. I'm Seth Liebson, Hi, right, Chico, and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's a uh, pleasure to have with us Haya Rechik. She is the founder of Libs of TikTok, which has been, uh, for the past couple of years, uh, been doing nothing more than exposing the left with their own words. And not just the left, but a particularly concerning type of adults who have been using children to racialize them and sexualize them. I know you have to go in a couple minutes, Haya, and I'll let you do that. But I was just curious if you might say a few words 
about this new world we're in, this disappearing of childhood world that we're in, where it seems to me I saw this in COVID. I've seen it with the sexualization business and this transgendering business where adults are now using children to play out not only their own politics, but seemingly to soothe their anxieties, to force upon children uh, age inappropriate content that is meant to satisfy the desires of adults. It's a weird use of children. Anything you want to say about this, feel free. Yeah, it's super weird, and it's also super dangerous, I think. And um, what we're seeing is that, you know, up until a couple of years ago, it was kind of, we all agreed that that children were to be protected, childhood innocence was to be protected, and it kind of feels like that all went out the window the last few years, um, ever since the far left has overtaken every single institution. Yeah. Um, and I really worry about the future of of our children in this country. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great service. I know you have to go, so I will let you do so. It's a great service you're providing. I hope uh, you will come back, uh, that you have a lot. Your, your work has a lot of support. Your ethos has a lot of support in this uh, audience. Haya, and I just want to, on behalf of that audience, on behalf of adults who know the difference between childhood and adulthood, want to thank you. So thank you very much for everything you've been doing. Well, thank you. And the, the best way to support me is to go to com, and uh, you can get a free subscription or a paid subscription, and that's where we put some of our important work, too. Great. I'll give that website out again. That's libsoftiktok.com, L-I-B-S-O-F-T-I-K-T-O-K.com, libsoftiktok.com, to continue to expose the depredations of our children by adults who are really children in adult bodies. Haya Rajik, thank you very yes. much. Godspeed to you. Thank you. You betcha. We'll talk soon again, I hope. It would be nice if we didn't have to, but we probably will have to. A lot of you are still wanting to talk about the battles for the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and we will happily take that on. Warren is in Mesa. Hello, Warren. Hello, Steph. My, I'm going to give you a little bit different point of view, I guess. Sure. Well, first off, uh, I, I've, uh, you know, held my nose and voted time and time and time and time again. And I've been, by the Republican Party, uh, marginalized fairly almost at everything. And even in this last election where they didn't give money to the candidates that were here. So at some point, I think this the whole thing is a thing to say, hey, you really can't run the Republican Party without, you know, the right thing. You know, I, I don't, at this time, it's time to give up the thing. I think he made their, they made their point. And I, and I really don't know. The, you mean the 20, the, the 20 to, dissidents have made their point? Yeah, I think yeah. they made their point. I, I think, uh, I don't see a pragmatic outcome anymore. I don't see, you know, you made your point. Is that there's a certain amount of conservative people that aren't being, you know, I've, I've been told that I need these other people, but they need us too. So they need to figure out that that's what has to happen. I've heard all a lot of different narratives. I was actually angry at you a, a few things before. Oh, you weren't uh, that angry at me, were you? Uh, when you came off and started blaming Trump for not doing this, and all the other Republicans also can. What did I blame Trump for not doing? I mean, I do blame Trump for not doing a few things, but what was it that I said about Trump that upset you? 
I would have thought they would have been in the direction of something you might support. I've had my criticisms of Trump. uh, I have. uh, He was an old volcano that he could get these people to move off of it, so he he, he doesn't have the power he once did. Well, he, you know, I... I, Is that not true? I think I said, yeah, an exhausted or spent volcano. You're fair enough. But is it not yeah. true? I mean, did, did did he move any votes with his endorsement of McCarthy? I mean, that's, you know, I'm with the Tea Party. I'm with the Trump supporters. I, I'm not going to talk about him. As Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll respect that, Warren. I'll respect that. But don't get angry at me. We don't have to I mean, be angry. There's not enough of us around to be angry with each other, brother. <laughs> There's not enough the of us around. The next day came back and straightened it out. Okay. The next day came right. out and said, yeah, right. yeah, DeSantis isn't down for doing it. Well, the other people aren't doing it. But these people are just totally rogue, and they're not going to pay attention to anybody. Yeah. yeah. So I can't, I can't change their minds. I've heard different narratives that they're there to try to get a uh, balanced budget amendment or there to get term limitations? I don't know, because nobody, I guess Andy Biggs is here. Why doesn't somebody put a mic in front of him and say, what is this about? Because yeah. I, I cannot figure it out by... Well, the narrative know, does... T- yeah, you're, you're right, Warren. The narrative seems to shift. It's not as if it's a unified field theory or a unified ideological theory. Um, so with, go ahead. Without that, they should just give up. Well, that's what I've been saying. I mean, you know, we've gone through this 10 or 11 times now. uh, And, uh, you know, it would be nice if we could just take the win of the House of Representatives and get to the business of the things you voted for or you thought you were voting for in electing a Republican majority to Congress. That majority cannot get to work until these 20 stop this. Well, I I agree with that, but I also have a vision that they – they are doing it because, you know, I've held my nose and voted a long time. I don't know if I'm ever going to smell the roses at any point, but I'm going to do it again because I, it, the alternative is is terrible. And I just want to plant a rose at this point. At this point, <laughs> so I, I just want to plant a rose, and we can't seem to, to do that. Smell of what I want to happen at some point, but. It doesn't seem like... Here's the rose I want to plant. I want Jim Jordan to take over the Judiciary Committee and start holding some gosh darn hearings, uh, and I wish I could use a different word, uh, against what the FBI and the Department of Justice have been doing and what the CDC has been up to and what social media has been up to. I want that rose to be planted, and we can't plant it. And if we can't plant it, it's certainly not going to spread or breed or produce anything like uh, a pleasant odor in what is otherwise, I think, a toxified environment by the left. Yeah, but uh, I, I want other things to happen in the House, too. But, you know, I, I don't want ever a Nancy Pelosi to do what she did with her trials. I, if we're right. gonna hold, I agree with you on that. By the, by the way, do remember, do remember when she put together that committee that Kevin McCarthy opposed, he nominated to join that committee... As his right as minority leader, Jim Jordan, she canceled it. She put Liz Cheney there because she knew that that would be, you know, a, 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 a you know a solid a solid um, a solid amen vote for her. And Kevin McCarthy then went on to help primary Liz Cheney by supporting Harriet Hageman, as I did. That's who we're keeping from becoming speaker. That's who. Warren, thank you, brother, and I'm glad you got over your uh, unhappiness with me. Uh, Okay, (laughs) I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
Well, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. It is a delight to bring back an old friend. You see him almost everywhere where people actually care about what's going on on our nation's southern border. He is Jonathan Lines. He is the former chairman of the Arizona Republican Party. He is also a uh, supervisor in uh, Yuma County, Arizona. Jonathan, it's nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. How you been? Very good, Seth. How have you been? I've, I've missed visiting with you. I know, I know. You, you're, 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 next time you're in town, uh, come on by. Come on in the studio. It'd be fun to uh, do it. Well, hour. I'll be there tomorrow for the chamber forecast. Oh, I'll okay. Forecast. Well, <laughs> <I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the next time after that you're in town, let me know and we'll bring you in for an hour so as, uh, so as not to overdo it. Um, yes. All right. So ju- it, you, you have been, um, just doing great work on talking to people around the country and on uh, on on a lot of media, particularly uh, Fox News, etc., on what's going on in the border uh, where you live in Yuma County. Joe Biden gave a big press conference today, and he said he is going down to the border. I guess the El Paso uh, sector on Sunday. Um, he says he wants to see what's going on. Um, you could tell him what's going on. Uh, he could have visited any time in the last two years. What is going on, Jonathan? What is going on at the border? I have invited the president and the vice president several times. I had the opportunity to sit down with Mayorkas, where we discussed some of the challenges along our southwestern border over the last couple of years and the almost reckless abandonment of our border to the cartels uh, because they are maintaining control the trafficking all things trafficking right now Seth and it's disconcerting to see what you see uh, here along the border on a daily basis thousands of people who are known give-ups but then maybe percent of the rest of the people are the gotaways and who are they where are they going what are their intentions no not even Addressing some of the more serious issues, issues which are the tra- which is the trafficking of the narcotics, you know, specifically methamphetamines and fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a wide open border. I heard heard the secretary today says the border wasn't open, and yet I uh, watch people cross it every single day. Yeah, I think the last couple times I was down there, I was there uh, either as your guest or with you as the tour guide. And, uh, I mean, anyone who has gone down there can see it with their own two eyes. It is amazing to me. You know, everyone's upset about these lies from this weirdo guy who was elected from Long Island in New York. There were lies about his personal biography. How about the lies about the border being closed? How about the lies about the problems that are coming and flowing through? These are consequential, and they are life and death. And what I heard Joe Biden propose today it seemed to me was very little that would be helpful. I mean, what would be helpful, it seems to me, is stronger support of border enforcement, more border enforcement, uh, some more blockading. You tell me, what would be helpful down there? Well, first and foremost, it would have been nice if he did not sue the governor, Governor Ducey, for doing the federal job of maintaining and protecting our borders. Right. Seth, I've been here since these Connex boxes have been removed, which were always temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Governor Ducey took action to install those because of the trafficking that we saw and because the administration failed to keep its word. 
Secretary Mayorkas sat down with myself and Mayor Nichols last February, March, and committed to having the porous open border closed up in these specific areas where now the Biden administration has sued the state of Arizona and Governor Ducey. I see any action on the Fed's part now um, as a triumph for the governor forcing them to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are supposed to see within the next two or three days federal contractors on site addressing these open gaps. And I will send you the pictures of what it looks like now and what it used to look like. Um, and that they would again be closed up. Yeah, I I had a hard time answering a friend of mine the other day with a very simple question. I guess, you know, sometimes we get or I get bogged down in the details of these things. He said, I don't even understand why the feds would be against Governor Ducey having done that. There's the music. I have to take a quick commercial break. Let me take that break, Jonathan. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Jonathan Lines is our guest. He's a county supervisor in Yuma. He is running point and talking about all things border. He is a former chairman of the Arizona Republican Party, if you recognize that voice. And he and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Jonathan Lines is our guest. He's a county supervisor in Yuma County. He is um, an expert, uh, lives by, lives with, uh, gives tours of our southern border. He is the former chairman of the Arizona GOP. Yeah, so Jonathan, it was kind of interesting. A friend of mine just very commonsensically asked me, he said, why would the federal government even be against those container uh, those container uh, storage units as, as barriers? And, and the only answer I could come up with is, you know, it, it highlights it highlights the federal failure and maybe the feds want failure. I mean, I have a hard time explaining why it's in the federal government's interest to continue to allow this thing to go on, except I'm gathering some of the base literally thinks this is OK. Some of the base in the Democratic Party in this country thinks that there's nothing much to protect here, nothing great to protect here. Uh, we are the world kind of thing. Borders shouldn't matter. I Can you get in their heads a little bit and explain it to me? Well, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me those exact same questions. Um, I think that President Biden's actions are a little too little too late. Yeah. Uh, when you look at what it's cost the United States, a lot of people complained about the cost of the Connex boxes, and yet they haven't taken into consideration the costs uh, that we see on a weekly basis uh, of the feds uh, paying with these stand-up uh, tents. And you're talking uh, up to $15 million a week yeah. for each one of these stand-up uh, tents for processing people. Yeah. Their idea of border support was actually to process people faster and... <clears throat> Every time we expressed our concern with the porous nature of our border and over a 1,000 people on a daily basis coming across, they said, well, we will get you some help. But it always came in the form of processing people faster, yeah. which doesn't address national security or border security. In, uh, uh, border security. in talking with Border Patrol and talking with local law enforcement, uh, they are frustrated. They're fatigued that they have now been focused on babysitting rather than national security and border security. Yeah. Um, people just don't understand what the overall cost is to illegal immigration. 
Seth, one of my favorite articles that I read, and I think it was like three years ago. A lot of people say, you know, we should have these open borders. Most of these people are paying between six and nine thousand dollars to come across the border. Most yeah. of them don't have that cash. Yeah. They come as indentured servants, yeah. and then they serve or have to work at the pleasure of the cartel. Yeah. It's estimated in the L.A. Basin that up to 75% of the manual labor is undocumented. Are these people ever allowed to engage in society? And they're kept from doing that uh, you know, because of the cartel's control over their lives. So it's more than just trafficking, quite frankly, of drugs, and it's more than just for trafficking of human beings. It's actual slavery. That's what we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. It's modern-day It's modern day slavery. And visiting with a lot of these people that have come across, uh, they are very hush-hush about it. Uh, several of them were actually able to share their story of family members being threatened back in their country of origin um, and being told that if they didn't comply then, uh, you know, certain uh, measures would be um, dealt out uh, to their families. You know, it's interesting when people are concerned about the um, humanitarian crisis, they don't take into consideration the slavery uh, and how these people, specifically women and children are treated and what happens to them. That's right. Uh, we have had many reports of sexual assaults yep. uh, taking place at the hands of the people who are supposedly helping them, and then uh, many of these people ending up in dire circumstances here in the U.S., uh, serving at the pleasure and will of organized crime. I remember the last time I was down there. You know, there's a little bit of litter. Uh, maybe it's gotten worse. But I remember seeing, I remember seeing, uh, of course, not only prophylactic wrappers, I remember seeing Plan B morning after pill stuff, paraphernalia uh, wrapping. I mean, that's, that's because of the production of rape, is it not? It is. And unfortunately, um, we have had several cases reported to us. There is no jurisdictional uh, authority to prosecute some of these crimes. Uh, we at the uh, Women and Children's Center here, we will collect the data. Yeah. Uh, we do have a, an agreement with Mexico, but most of these things are not happening at the hands of uh, Mexican nationals, um, but they are happening at the hands of whoever has escorted them through um, and to the border, yeah. uh, where we've actually seen uh, these people giving their last... Uh, <sighs> The last of what remains in their hands, yeah. meaning money, yeah. to these people, and had many reports of people being robbed at gunpoint prior to coming across the border in hopes that they would have more. One other thing that a lot of people talk to me about, and I don't have good answers for, Jonathan, and maybe there is not a good answer, maybe luck and hope is the, is the right answer so far, is when we talk about these getaways, those that we don't catch, you know, we're always uh, relieved and wipe the sweat off our brow when we see one of these big fentanyl seizures. What about that which we're not catching? Or what about the terrorists, uh, people on the terrorist watch list or people who come from terrorist watch list countries that we talk about arrest? I mean, it's almost a repeat of we have to be right every single time, and they only have to be right once, right? I mean, we're, so, we're operating yeah, on, yeah. it seems to me, we're operating on dental floss here. Let, let, let's talk, I mean, let's put it in perspective, because we're talking about more than 5 million people who have turned themselves in. Yeah. It's estimated that up to 15% of that number yeah. have come across undetected. Those are the gotaways. Yeah. 
And so that's the question all of the time. And while Border Patrol is busy processing these people that have come across the border, uh, those people who are giving themselves up, that is when the, the uh, cartels take advantage in other areas of our border of pushing across the narcotics, the methamphetamine, the poisons that are you know, destroying our society, and also the bad actors. Yeah. So uh, I, I have had visitors from all over this country, federal and state officials, say that the fentanyl and the methamphetamines that are ending up in their community, they can trace it back sure. to their network, specifically to this area in Yuma, Arizona, yeah. where they're coming across the border. Yeah, Arizona is becoming the nation's drug dealer and drug killer. Uh, the uh, I have heard stories as well. I work on the other side of it in the prevention area, and I have heard stories from, you know, states as far away as Virginia where this stuff is ending yep. up. And uh, this is the cost. This is the cost of our negligence. This is the cost of our insouciance. Well, Jonathan, you are a... Uh you're a great leader on this. You're a great champion on this. And uh, I am serious. Next time after tomorrow, you're in town. Uh, okay. Give me a buzz and come on in for an hour. We'll take calls. We'll talk about it some more. Finally, a little bit of attention is being paid, not nearly enough, but to the degree that enough is, it's by dint of your efforts. We thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. You betcha. I am Seth Liebson. Oh. That was Jonathan Lines, County Supervisor in Yuma, former chairman of the ACGOP. I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you are concerned about stock market volatility, our friends and sponsors at Y-Refi have an opportunity for you. It's an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that is not correlated to the stock market. It's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like, and no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Time. This is a secure collateralized portfolio. It delivers an up to 10.25% rate of return. 10.25%. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com, or call them at 888 Y Refi 34. 888 Y Refi 34. Four. You won't uh, get a sales pitch from them. They leave that up to Larry Elder and me. They just like talking about what they're doing and letting it speak for itself. Uh, this uh, this border issue, I, I mentioned at the end uh, of my interview with Jonathan Lyons in the last segment that it, it may finally be getting the attention. You know, another lie that was told was Joe Biden, uh, last time he did a press conference, said he had been to the border before. He has not. That is another lie. This I guess Sunday, if he goes through with it, let's hope he does, in El Paso, will be his first visit to the border. I don't know if anyone's going to call him out on the lie. I'm just glad he's finally going. It is interesting he's doing it on a Sunday. Um, that would be uh, for the minimum of uh, possible news or media coverage of it, obviously. Uh, the only other uh, least least exposed to time would be on a Friday evening. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I won't comment on that. If you listen to his press conference today, um, if you listen to his plan today, it's, uh, it's, it's thinly weak on enforcement. It's relying upon an app that uh, illegals or those questing asylum for whatever reason will be using which is an allowance of 30,000 of them from Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Haiti 
to uh, legally apply for entry to the United States each month. Interesting little point about those countries. Just, it's not the major point in this debate, but maybe it's the major point behind this debate. Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, Haiti, what do they all have in common? What political ideology governs those countries? It's fine that Joe Biden said a nice word or two about this country today, and I agreed with everything he said up to the degree that he said it about what a great country we are. Um, But does he ever ask himself, does anyone ever ask themselves why people governed by ideologies of Marxism are trying to flee their country? Because that's what we worry about here, isn't it? Isn't that our concern here? That you have a major political party in this country, parts of which play footsie with it, parts of which try to sanitize it, and parts of which embrace it. We don't want to be Cuba. We don't want to be Nicaragua. We don't want to be Venezuela. We don't want to be Marxists. We don't want Marxism here. All right. Sam Stone coming up, and gosh, he's always loaded for bear. Don't go away. We will be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 